I become a new father or a better father, I should say, every day because I'm always thinking of ways that how I can be a better father. I'm 63 years old. My son, 35 years old. And I'm still looking at that. You know, how can I be a better parent to him? How can I do things right now? Same thing with my daughter. But again, because of my man, I focus on my son more just because I want him to develop strong qualities because the stronger the man is, the stronger the family will be. The stronger the family is, the stronger the community will be. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is your host, C.B. Baker. We got another great one here today. We are going to continue in our series of Raising Men. And today's topic is um, how to today's topic is men. And changing our ways or behavior or just how do we get the community back on its feet and back stabilized as men? Uh, we're going to be covering all different types of things. We'll be in the um, in the Bible, in the um, Proverbs chapters two through seven is what Pastor has told me to take a look at. And I told him, I said two through seven. That's 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 chapters and Proverbs. You could go a whole podcast off just one verse. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna we're gonna try to cover the majority of it. But I do um, highly suggest everybody. Read those um, chapters and Proverbs. It's a lot of wisdom in there. And for one, uh, Pastor Daniels, if you go to um, uh, chapter 2, verse 16, wisdom will save you from all adulterous women and from wayward woman with her seductive words. <laughs> you know, I can't tell you how many times, how many men need to hear that right, <laughs> right there. But that's for a whole nother podcast. Like yeah. I said, it's a whole, we could do a whole thing just on that. <laughs> right. So <laughs> welcome to the show, Dr. Daniels. Right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's a, it's a uh, beautiful area to look at. You're absolutely right. And, and the reason why I say those particular um, chapters is because he, here you have a man, um, Solomon, who is giving advice to his, his children. And, and he, he gives advice um, not just based on what he has heard, but this is someone who has survived and who has lived. And so now his thought process is, let me help you be better. Let me help you, you know, take advantage of what God, the wisdom God has given me. And, and I think it's so important for us to, to do that as fathers, you know, is because um, we know that the foundation of all communities is, is having strong families. You have right. strong families, you have strong community, and, and, and that just builds everyone up in the community. And, and, and unfortunately, in, the, in our communities, black communities, you know, we have allowed our lack of family, our lack of unity, to kind of destroy what we, what, who we are and, and, and what we are going to be. That's why we have the violence and all those kind of things. Right. So somehow, you know, men have to start back being men. Men have to start back um, fathering their children, e- whether you're in the household or not, you know, it, right. you know, so to me, there should be no such thing as a single parent household, because right. I may not live with you, but I can still be a father to my children. And, and, and the Bible gives us those those things that we need to be looking at as, as how we can become better fathers, how we can become better teachers and teach our young men the right way. Because if we teach our young men to be good fathers, good husbands, then they will, that will become a tradition within 
our families, you right. know, as, as that to be good teachers. See, the women do it now, you know, I, I, and they do a great job of it. You know, oftentimes women teach their daughters, you know, they teach them to cook, to clean, how to be good wives, uh, how to be good, strong women, how to care for children. Right. We don't always teach our boys that. And I, I just say that as, you know, as a, as a culture, we have to make that change. And that change has to come with this generation. We have to start teaching our, our, our young boys so that they can teach the next generation. And, 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 and if we do it, it will only be a couple of generations where we are back moving forward, where we will have eliminated many of the problems we face now. They talk about how do you get rid of gun violence in the community? Well, no one is teaching people to lay down guns. Right. You know, there's a reason why guys carry guns. I, I carried a gun when I was young. Because I feared. I had fear. Right. When you have fear, you carry a gun. You know, you carry a gun. That was your way out. Well, but what if all of our sons excelled, right? And then all of their sons excelled. Right. You know, there would come a time when they would learn that you don't have to prove your manhood by fighting or killing. But you prove your manhood by the size of your bank account or, or, or by your, 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 your um, viability in the community. Right. You know, and it would change the whole direction in which we're going. Yeah. I totally agree. The, what needs to happen is uh, men themselves just need to step up mm -hmm. and, and, and really fight um, to be in the child's lives. Yeah. A lot of times you see scenarios where, well, you know, my baby mama is always giving me drama Blase, 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 and they use that as an excuse to not be there for the kid mm -hmm. and uh, for the children. Sometimes it's plural, you know, but it's like that shouldn't bother you. You should you should be able to handle that situation and be able to communicate as an adult mm -hmm. to the, to the woman and and then raise your child. Like it doesn't have to be a whole bunch of drama because it takes one person can have a whole bunch of drama, mm -hmm. but if you like, okay. I'll come back to you when you have calmed down. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go back and forth, but you still need to fight to be in your child's life. And I think a lot of times we've talked about this before, how men just give up and then women themselves say, well, like you said before, like you ain't got to take all the responsibility of raising that child. Mm -hmm. You had the child with somebody, but mm -hmm. like send them over to the, um, to the dad's house. And, and I'll say this to all my brothers. I love you, but let me just put it out here. If a woman decides you can't see your child, it's your fault. The bottom line. Right. Because if, see, if, if I'm being the man I ought to be, here's my belief. And we're going to talk about, you know, some details in a minute here. But if I'm being the man I ought to be, she's going to want me to be around my child. You know, exactly. there's a reason why women don't want the, the guys around the child because they, 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 sometimes they're fearful that, that 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 hit that that will be detrimental to the child, and sometimes they're fearful that the man is detrimental to them. Right. You, you know, and it's not always because they think you're gonna you know go upside her head, but if if she's been hurt by you for whatever reason, I'm not saying you were a bad guy, but just the breakup could have hurt, or you could have felt one way about her and she felt a different way about you. She could have been madly in love, and that's why she allowed you to get her pregnant. And to you, it could have been, you know, your chick on the side, right? right. Uh, or whatever. Right. So when, when you did not, you know, get into to that serious relationship, it brought pain on her. So her pain may have been uh, shown by her being angry and, and not wanting to see you because that brings more pain. 
something mean to, 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 to develop a relationship with her. Not that we, I have to, you know, be what I'm truly not in my heart, you know, but develop a relationship so her seeing me is not painful. Right. So me being around that unit is not painful. And then she'll want me to come around the child. You know, she shouldn't have to ask me for child support, none of that kind of stuff. But I'm saying that to me kind of is a starting point. Uh, but then I, I also have to be that kind of parent, that father, where the child sees me with respect, but also wants me around, but also is learning from me. And so that the child can develop healthy habits. And, and sometimes that's not what we offer. And I'm not just talking about guys who have, who, 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 who's the baby's daddy. I'm talking about fathers who live in the home, right. you know, are not always teaching their children. You know, sometimes we leave that to the mother and that's, that, that should not be, in, in, you know, I mean, biblically, the Bible says that's not what it should be. In fact, again, that's why I reference Proverbs because Proverbs, Solomon spends a lot of time talking to his children, you know, and, right. te- and trying to teach them his wisdom. So, I, you know, I can say I'm guilty of this. You know, I don't sit around with uh, my son Cameron and sit him down in a chair and, we, you know, and we have, you know, deep conversations at a young age. But is that something that we should do as men? Like as, you know, you have a um, teenage son, like sit him down and have like purposely having conversations with your, with your child. I would say absolutely. And I can tell you, I start having conversations with my son in the womb. (laughs) (laughs) Really, really did. And, and, and always has, you know, even when he was um, a newborn, um, when my son woke up in the middle of the night, my wife was not the one that would go in there. It was me. And and I would go in and I would talk to him, You, you know, uh, it wasn't always the bottle that soothed him. It was sometimes just my voice. You know, I would talk to him. He would stop crying. Um, and, and and that process went on and on. You know, um, when he was uh, two, three years old, and we had, you know, at that time, you know, when she's when still your only child, you know, you, you give him everything. Right. And so we had a playroom just for him. One room with just his doors, And that's all it was. I would come home from work, and, and I, we would get a, a glass of milk and a box of Oreo cookies. And we would go in that playroom and, and, we, and I would just talk. We would talk and, and play and talk and play. And, 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 you know, because really I'm teaching him. And, and, we, and we had an old saying, you know, if you had a rough day, he, we, he knew what was going on. He'd be like, Dad, you got to get these cookies to the blues. Go home. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of our thing. You know, right. if anybody had a bad day, we're going to get them Oreos. And it's like right. we going to the club or something. Right. right? And so we taught him. I taught him that way. Even potty training. I taught, I potty trained my son, you know, not, not my wife. I did. Because, and I talked to him. It wasn't like, it wasn't this, this you know, primeval thing like sit on the pot all day long. That wasn't it. Right. I took him in the bathroom with me, you know, and I talked to him as I'm using the bathroom. And he was like, oh, okay. And I made a game out of it. Can you hit the hole right there with you? You know, right. what, what? and so that, Years and years, it never stopped. As a matter of fact, I would make time to talk to him. Like, for example, um, when he was, I would say, 10, 11 years old, I would dr- take him with me to D.C. And we would have calm talk the whole time going up, conversations about life, about things in general, talk the whole way back. So I purposely 
would set things up for those kind of conversations. And if you ask him today, is it still with him? I'm going to tell you, yeah, because he, so now he's so used to that, that, you know, he calls me all the time. You know, he, 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 it's a rare day that I don't get a phone call, you right. know, and we all text, you know, the communication is still there. He calls me talking, you know, all this kind of stuff. Anything that's going on in his life, we're going to have a long conversation about it. Long, drawn conversation. And it's not always me giving him it, giving him how to do stuff. It's me painting the picture so he can see stuff. So he, you know, to, just to clarify things. He's a grown man now. He's got to make his own decisions. But we started that process when he was an adolescent. Me giving him the full, you know, just trying to paint the picture and say, now, now make a decision based on what we've had. You know, the Bible says this in Ephesians. It says, you know, fathers provoke not your children to, to, to anger. And, and sometimes fathers make that mistake. You know, we think that in order to get your child to respect you, they have to fear you in that, you know, in that, in that right, sense. Right. Th that, that's when they're young, you know, that fear may work. When they get 16 and 17 and they kind of as big as you and as brawny as you, right. they're going to try you if it was all based on fear. Right. And, 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 and the same thing says provoke not them to wrath, meaning don't do those things that you know are going to make them mad. It doesn't mean you can't chastise them. Right. I chastise my children. They'll tell you that. I chastise them. But I can tell you this. If you ask him, did it make him mad? He'll tell you no. As a matter of fact, one of the members of the church asked him that question. Um, said, your daddy sure is hard on you. And Chad said, I don't think so. That's just the way he is. Right. See, he didn't view it as being hard because it was always fair. My punishment was always fair. I always told my children ahead of time where the punishment would be, not for everything, but in general, you know, and I let them make a decision. Right. And once the punishment was over with, it was over with. I'm not going to keep arguing about it. Now we're going to wait and have a good time because you have a right to make a mistake. That's how I viewed it. You have a right to make a mistake. Just know there's going to be a consequence. And I'm not going to dog you out because you made the mistake. You just made a mistake. We're going to move on. Uh, and that's how we did things. You know? <clears throat> it's funny that you talked about your, um, the son's going to try you. It was um, yesterday, matter of fact. Cameron came up to me and said, I can't wait till I'm a teenager so I can dunk on you. <laughs> I looked at him. I said, you're not going to dunk on me. And the re what he don't know, I was just going to tackle him. <laughs> <laughs> So, but it's just interesting because I did the same thing to my dad. You know, it's like for, for sons, it is that, um, that ability, like I want to win against my dad, you know, against the father. And one thing I have done differently that from what my dad did with me that I'm doing with my son is when we play a game of basketball, I let him shoot unless it's at a certain point so he can have a chance to win. Now, what happens is I almost lose every game, but he walks out of there so happy and enthusiastic to be wanting to come back to play. Mm -hmm. Now, one game happens and he gets in close. Yeah, I'm tall. Boom, I swat the ball in the middle of, into the bushes. Now he's frustrated and wants, don't want to play no more. Mm -hmm. So I said, now, which one do I want to have happen? Do I want him to continue to play, to practice at it, or do I want him to be frustrated? I can't beat my dad who's 6'4", mm -hmm. you know, 300 pounds. Like, right, there's a lot of people out here that can't beat me even mm -hmm. at 43. Right. You know, so it's like, <laughs> which one I'm, which, what is my goal? Where I'm going with this is, 
is as fathers, we need to understand like what is the end goal when we're you know training our kids, when we're talking to our daughters, you know, mimicking what a good man should be, you know. And people always joke around with uh, about Savannah and say she ain't gonna be with nobody broke because the dad give her everything. I said, well, I want to. I need to stop giving her stuff so at least you can feel like. But then, do I want her to be with a broke man? You know, so it's like, which one is it? Well, I'll say this: um, you can be with a rich man and still be miserable. miserable. That's right. Yes, that is true. <laughs> and you can be with a broke man and still have a good time. Yeah. Uh, you know, but you know, to me, it's it's character. I mean, that's, that's how I looked at it. It's, it's, it's not worried about anything, but how do I build character in my son? You know, how do I build character in my, in my daughter? And I got to tell you, as a, as a father, I focus more on my son, not because I didn't love my daughter, but because my father focused on me. You know, my mother did too, but I spent what I would call my formative years with my father. My parents were divorced. My father did not use corporal punishment on me at all. You know, when I was living with him, as, as when he, when I was not under the roof with him and my mother, he would sit down and talk to you. I mean, he when I say talk, man, he would talk. He would talk for an hour. I mean, see what seemed like hour. I mean, I'd have been with seeing that. Right. But he always had these long conversations with me. And there would be times when he would be going somewhere. He would say, hey, Michael, come ride with me. You know, and that's how why I started doing that. Right. And he would just put me in the car and I'm going with him places. He'd just be talking to me about stuff. You know, it, it could be anything, just having a conversation with me. But he also did something that, that I passed on, I think, to my son, is that he showed me at an early age that he felt that I was competent. You know, so with me and my dad, there was no competition because he allowed me to be competent. Right. You, you know, in those areas where... He knew that I did have, you know, I guess, uh, an ability. You know, for example, my father was not a highly educated man. You know, he, he got his GED, but, you know, but, but he wasn't a college graduate, anything like that. And I remember my father giving me documents and saying, read this and tell me what it means, you know, and relate to his, his, his job. And I'd be saying, Dad, um, I, don't, I can read it for you, but, you know, you can read too. He said, no, he said, but I, I don't want to just read it. I want you to tell me what I should do. And I'd be like, you know, I'm, I'm 15 years old. Right. Okay. And he's saying to me, tell me what I should do. And I'm like, well, you know, you're doing well. You own your own home. You got your own car. You got, all, you got a boat, you know, <laughs> you're right. a supervisor on your job. But that's what he would do. So when he been doing that, it put a different relationship in there. I never thought I was better than him, but he helped me to see that, you know what, he, you know, wait a minute. I don't have to compete with him because he's already setting me up. Right. And he said to me one time, he said, listen, I sent you to school for a reason. Because I wanted you to be the best. And I got, and so if you're the best and I believe in you, that means I can rely on you. That's what I have tried to instill in my own son. You know, I don't, you know, I mean, so we, we played games and, you know, and I would let him win, you know, and then sometimes I would beat him. Um, because, you know, but I, I, I recognize the difference between our age, so I always handicapped everything. So anytime we played a game, was, I always handicapped it based on, our age right. and our physical, and as we his his as his physique start to match mine, the handicap would go away. Right? <laughs> right, right, whatnot. And same thing with mental games. You know, the handicap would go away, but I still acknowledge where he had you know more knowledge than I had because some things he did. So I would ask him questions. I would ask him for advice on certain things, even when I was the pastor. You know, as a pastor, and I would go to him and say, "Hey, son, let me ask you a question. You know, 
how do you think I should talk to this group of people? You know, talking to, you know, younger people. And he would say, well, dad, I, you know, we want to know this. We want to know that. So I'm still asking him for advice. Right. And I also would ask them this, what kind of punishment do you deserve? You know, mm-hmm. what, what should the penalty be for certain things? Not after it happened, but right. before. Right. So we established up front. <laughs> right. Right. You know, so therefore it wasn't, it wasn't this, you know, you being harsh and you being hard thing. And, 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 and if, if we, if we men start taking responsibility for the development of our sons, right. So that the communities that they move in, they start taking responsibility for the development of their sons. Um, we, we're going to change the dynamic in, within one generation. We could change the dynamic, but, but the unfortunate thing is, a lot of men haven't got to that point. You know right. what I'm saying? Um, and my father was not always there either. You know, what, what changed my father's parenting was God. You know, it, when, he, when he got it, really got into the church and started parenting me based on the Bible, that's when things changed, you know. And my other siblings did not get the benefit of that because we, my parents were divorced, but I just did with him. I got the benefit of having a father that parented me, you know, made a huge difference in, 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 in my life. So I use the principles of the Bible and, and Solomon's principles primarily to parent my son because Solomon spends an ordinate amount of time, you know, and when you read, read, read um, Proverbs, giving his son advice about women, right? Giving his son advice about life, giving his son advice about following God, giving his son advice about what, how, what friends he should hang around with, you know, all those kind of things he talk about, you know, which normally you don't think about the Bible telling you that, but it does. He, he tells them, right. don't hang around certain people, right? Because they're going to bring you down. Don't hang around certain women because they're going to bring you down. Right. You know, don't do certain things. Be forthright. Be honest with people. You know, let, let your words speak for yourself that if you make a promise, you know, hold on to that promise. He tells you all those things. He tells his son to do all those things. And so that's the approach I took, you know, and, and continue to take is that it should, it should, a father should always be in the process of teaching because I don't care how much my son knows. I have uh, 29 years on him in experience. So I'm going to still be adding. Now right. that doesn't mean he's not a brilliant guy. He's a brilliant young man, no doubt about it, but there's still some life experiences he, he, I still can teach him just by virtue of being older. So same question that we have asked in the previous um, episodes on this series, middle-aged man, mm-hmm. your kids now are grown, you know, they're 24, 25 years old and you haven't been in their life so much as you ought to have been. What's the first steps that this, that this man should take to get back in touch with his kids on that level? First step is, 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 is again, I'm going to go back to, to the Bible. The first step is to acknowledge that you haven't been there and, and, and to ask permission to get back in, you, you know, because see now you're dealing with a grown man, you know, right. you're in middle age, your, your son is grown now. So you have to acknowledge he's grown and treat him like he's grown. And then from treating like I'm grown, I got to come to you and apologize. Hey, you know, I was wrong, you know? And I'm not trying to grow you up now. Right. I'm just trying to show you I love you. You know, 
Right. And, and, and so that's the conversation you start out with. And then the other thing too, again, is provoke not to wrath, right? It's what the Bible says. If you want to get your child mad at you, the first thing you can do is try to tell him what to do. Yep. You know, <laughs> if you try and tell a grown man what to do who you haven't been in their life, you just provoke them to wrath, right? It's not about telling them what to do. It's about listening to what they have to say. You just listen. Right. And, 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 and understand their point of view. And then in understanding, help them understand you. Ex- explain. Don't, don't try to excuse. That's a different, it's not an excuse, it's an explanation. Just explain why you're wrong. Don't excuse why you were wrong. Mm-hmm. You, you know, so they can understand. But then also tell them what you learned from it. And when you tell them what you've learned, it helps them to grow. So if I tell, you know, my child, you know, that, you know, yeah, you know, your, 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 your mother, lovely woman who she was, I hurt her. And that's why she didn't want me around, you know, but I made a huge mistake. You know, right. I made a mistake when I hurt her. And I made a huge mistake by not trying to help her to heal. And I should have helped her to heal. Right. I should have helped her to do those things that would allow me back in her life. Maybe we could have never got back married again but I still could have been in her life and still been a help in her life because we were friends at one time. Yep. I destroyed that friendship. I should have got it back right. I can tell my son those things. Then I can go on and say that would have allowed me to be in your life more. And I regret that tremendously because I missed out. I didn't see you do all these things. And it pains me now that I didn't see that. And, and that hurts me. And, and, and I don't want to, I, I'm trying to get it right now. I can't change the past. But I, I want to make everyone's lives better. I want to make your mother's life better. You know, I want to be the friend I should have been then. I want to help her so her life is easier now. And I, and, and I want to be there for you. You've done great. You've done extremely well. And I know, I, you know, you did, it, you did it without me. And I'm proud of you, you know, and I want you to know that. And that changes the whole dynamic then, you know. Right. From, you know, because I ain't trying to tell you, give you advice and tell you I'm grown and all this stuff. I'm just trying to let you know I'm, I'm there for you. Well, I know they're not canonizing any new books of the Bible, but that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that was some good sound advice. <laughs> so that was that was real good. Um, it really threw me off with my next question because you answered it so so well. Um, because you did say that on the flip side, from the other perspective, from the person that is 24, 25 years old, the son. You have to, you get approached with this. We're hoping that you're able to get past. Cause you know, there's some hurt there. Absolutely. You know, how many movies have we seen that, in, you know, that, that scene play out? Well, you're not my dad. Why are you coming here? You know, and there's so much anger pent up in there and, and the person. And then, and then the father having to wade through that. They do try to reach his son. Mm-hmm. And, like we you talked about before with the generation, there's a there's a good chance that we could start the process off with the middle aged men reconnecting mm-hmm. with their sons at a young age that are now having children of their own, mm-hmm. you know, that start breaking the cycle yes. now. Mm-hmm. And even though we can get it done without the, the middle aged man reaching back to his son. But it, it actually helps the healing process and it speeds it up. Right. Absolutely. You know? um, so how does the middle-aged man come to grips? With, we, you know, 
long story short, real quick, we had talked off air about the Lord's prayer. Mm-hmm. It says, forgive um, our debts as we forgive um, our debtors or, mm-hmm. you know, forgive us mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. How, what's the, how do we forgive ourselves? How does the middle-aged man forgive themselves for not being in a child's life? Well, you know, I, I think that you have to understand you, you see. Oftentimes, we don't take a look at, uh, honestly, at who we are, right? If you, if, you, if, you, if you think about, honestly, who you are, where you've come from, what you have done, um, we are a product, all of us, of our environments, right? And if, if I wasn't in my son's life, um, there's a strong possibility that somebody was not in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't taught. I didn't understand. And so do I hold myself accountable for that which I did not know? You, you know, do I, do, I, do I get angry with myself for that which I didn't, at the time, didn't have a clue about the impact of it? Well, that really doesn't, you know, doesn't change a whole lot when you think about it, right? right? So, so the issue, Ian, is that um, there, there really is nothing to forgive is my point. <laughs> you, you know, nothing to forgive. What there is to do is to look at how I'm going to move forward, right? What will I do to get so that tomorrow is better than yesterday? It, it, you know, people like to vil- you know, vilify, you know, people who have not been good parents. But, but parenting is not something you're taught. You know, it's an on-the-job process. And, and I got to, you know, I'm, I'm honest enough to tell people that, just because you're in the household with a child don't make you don't make you a good parent. Right. Just because you're not in the household don't make you a bad parent. You can be in the household and not have parented your child, but right. but you don't say to yourself, "I need forgive me for not being a good parent." No, right. you know, and you can be out of the household and be a good parent. So to me, you have to look at it in a real sense. If you look at it from that standpoint, then what really becomes is not not. That I have to forgive myself. I have to understand myself, and and why was I not there? Right. And now let me make that change and make that 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 um, behavioral sw- switch, so that I can be what I need to be now. Uh, because at 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 twenty one years old or seventeen years old, you can't be a good parent. Right. You're a child. <laughs> That's right. You know, you can say I should have been there, but you're a child. You literally are still a child. When you're 17, you don't think that way, yeah. right? So you're still a child. You, you, you're not really at that point where you can truly, in my opinion, um, raise a child until you have matured yourself. And, and, and few people are that mature at 17, I can tell you that, women, women or men. Yeah. You can keep up. You know, so why we presume that they should be, to me, defies logic. Why should I expect a 20-year-old man or woman to be mature enough to parent? Right. When we know when you get my age, you know they weren't. They aren't. Right, right. You know, so I, I, and I have to just look back at my own life. And I look back at my own life and I realize that there are things I did when I was, because, you know, I was um, 28 when my son was born. I look back and say, you know what? Uh, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of things I, I, I would have done different. You know, a lot of things. And right. it didn't make me a bad parent. I just didn't know. Right. And, and it wasn't that my parents weren't good parents either. You know, that kind of thing. But some parents don't like to admit that. There's some things you just don't know. Like, I rushed my child through school, right? 
that, that don't make me a bad parent that I rushed him through school. You right. know, that I put him in school a year early. Didn't make me a bad parent that I put him in school a year early. But I think back now, I'm thinking, well, why? What was the benefit? Right, right. <laughs> you know, why did he need to grow up fast? Right. <laughs> what difference do it make? Right. You know, I look back at my own college life and say, I wish I had stayed in college longer. Why was I rushing to get out here to pay bills? Right. You know, so I'm just right. saying, you know, it's just something you said to step back and say, well, it may not have been perfect, but, you know, I just did the best I could do with what I had. Yeah. It's funny you said that because I, I tell people all the time about the situation with um, schooling and the coronavirus and the, and the pandemic. I said at the end of the day, it's man-made on when a kid should learn a certain thing, mm-hmm. you know, certain things. I get the early stages of ed, you know, education, but if you didn't make it to trigonometry in your senior year in high school, I think you're going to be okay. Yeah, you, you know, you can always pick it up in college. <laughs> I think you'll be fine, you know. And, and and then I talked about like how your junior year, like really high school is over with your sophomore year. Your junior year, you're, you're dealing with stuff that you could be interested in the junior year and senior year, then on through through college. So, all right, so we're coming to the end here. So, so anything you'd like to bring up before we close out? I would just say to every, you know, father, every man, let's, let's start anew. You know, let's start. I don't care how old you are. Let's start anew. I, I become a new father or a better father, I should say, every day. Because I'm always thinking of ways that how I can be a better father. I'm 63 years old. My son, 35 years old. And I'm still looking at that. You know, how can I be a better parent to him? How can I do things right now? Same thing with my daughter. But again, because of my man, I focus on my son more just because I want him to develop strong qualities. Because the stronger the man is, the stronger the family will be. The stronger the family is, the stronger the community will be. Uh, and, and so I never stopped learning. I've, I, I'm, I'm still, still learning. I'm still progressing right. to, to be a better father to a son that's 35 years old. All right. You heard it here. This is your host, C.B. Baker. Thank you all for tuning in. See you next time.